0: and Welcome to this post-first round of the NFL Draft edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Yes, it is 1120 at night here in the beautiful great state of Iowa. We just finished the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Oh man, overall, just after watching it and my initial thoughts about the entire thing, I think there is not a lot of things you can critique with this draft which is kind of a good thing and a bad thing because one of the things we love in the draft is some big controversies. Like, oh man, this team is stupid for doing this. Now we had some questionable decisions, but you get that in every draft. We didn't have one moment where it was like, why the hell did this team do that? We didn't have that. We didn't really have that. There were some confusing ones, but none really that infuriated fans. I'd say just all in all, just as for my feelings of it, as a neutral who picked 30th, there was not a lot of, oh, I hate this. There was a lot of praise for a lot of picks in this draft, actually, which is ridiculous to think about, knowing the, the vast history of teams booing players relentlessly. I was so ready for the Philadelphia Eagles to be booed off the stage. But they did the right thing. They took a player that made sense. That was right for their team. And you know what? They traded up with a division rival, which I have said never will happen and it did but the thing is why this trade happened is because the Cowboys the Eagles traded with the Cowboys to take a player from the New York Giants that's what happened there that's why the Cowboys did the trade if the, if the Giants or the Eagles were trying to trade up with say or try to jump the the Cincinnati Bengals or something just to get a random team in there I don't know if the Cowboys would do that I think they would go like fine no Fine. No, we're not trading with you. I think it was a very good first round. I enjoyed every second of this first round. We did our Instagram live thing again, like we did last year. Very, very fun, so my throat's probably gonna be raw tomorrow morning. I am mentally preparing myself for that. It is eleven twenty right now. I will be tired. I will get about six and a half or six six and a half hours of sleep. Which is not terrible. But it's less than what the human body usually requires for numbers or hours of sleep needed to fully rejuvenate from an exhilarating night from the NFL Draft. My favorite day of the year. And I don't know if any of you saw this, but I posted my last mock draft, Mock Draft 7.0. So if you guys are tired of seeing NFL Draft stuff on your timeline said, I don't care. I don't care about the NFL draft, Logan. Why do you keep yamming this down my throat? Well, guess what? I care, and it's my social media account. I don't have to cater to anybody but myself. That's the whole point of social media accounts. It's my social media account. I can post on whatever the hell I want on it, and I choose to berate all of you with NFL draft content. Well, now you don't need to worry about that as much. We obviously got this show coming out, so you're going to get one more draft show. But as far as mock drafts go, those are done for right now. We got another year. And then we'll have another draft. And then we'll keep going on and on and on and on after that. But it was fun. I went on Cole & Company today, which was a lot of fun. So this is technically my third talk spot. I talked on Cole's show. And then I went and did my Instagram live. Then to discuss the NFL draft with my friend Tyler, who also does mock drafts. And then I'm doing my own show. I am talking a lot today. I don't... I try to... I Well... I don't talk a ton, especially when I'm around new people. I don't really talk. I'm a very introverted person. I guess when I get to know you, I guess I could talk quite a bit and I can talk enough to where I can host an hour long podcast without having to run out of anything to say without taking notes. Like I literally just got done talking to Tyler. I went into my office and sat down and recorded the show and just started the show. That's what went down. And I think I'm still jacked up from the fact that I just witnessed the NFL draft. Now, I wish I could go. I wanted to create some nice content of going to the NFL draft, but tickets are goddamn expensive. Good Lord. This day two of the draft's $500. I don't know how people are paying for these things, especially not me. I, I ain't paying for that. I don't have the financial stability at this point in time to do so. <laughs> I would love to do it. I would like to go to my mom and dad say, Mom, Dad... Can you pay for tickets to go to the NFL draft? You know what they would say? Ha! <laughs> ha! A loser. That's what they'd say. My mom wouldn't care. My mom was trying to spend quality time with me today. And my dad straight up told her, Kristen, this is not a day to spend quality time with your son. <laughs> this is not a day to spend quality time with your family. We are watching the draft. Now, the Bills didn't pick till 30th, so we had a long time to wait up until the Bills picked at 30th. And I was happy with the Bills pick. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit. because so we'll go through the entire order of the draft, compare that to my last mock draft, which did well. I think if we're talking about where players were picked, I was in the range, but not necessarily the correct teams or exact placement, but I was in the area of where the players were selected. Like the Ravens, I got two, both of their first round picks exactly right, and in the order they were in, and Rashad Bateman and Jason Oway got that exactly right. And we'll go through, town of how many picks I got right and how many I got wrong, and so on and so forth. But the draft started off, as per usual, no, not with normal draft stuff, with giant breaking news. Every single draft starts like this. I don't know what it is, with the NFL draft and news just coming towards it, but every year it's like this. Whether it's someone's tweets, whether it's a video that someone posted about them, whether it's a player's injuries or draft stock in question, or if it's not even really involving the NFL draft, and it involves... Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers quarterback, at this point in time as we're recording this, is wanting out. Whoa, unsurprising in this situation. I'm no, wow, we're so surprised that Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. I saw Joel Klatt tweet this, and I think this is a great perspective for everybody that is unaware of what the situation really is, and that is the Packers went around and flirted with, a bu- with this really nice young female we even we took her out to eat. I'm paraphrasing. I'm adding some stuff in to make my story sound better than Joel Klatt's tweet. But we're taking her out to eat. We drive her everywhere. We've done all of this stuff. And my wife's sitting there that I've been married to for 16 years, confused and unhappy. And now she wants out of the marriage. Well, that's not, that's not good. I don't want out of this marriage. I just want to be, have the opportunities to flirt around with anybody I please. Why is my wife getting upset that I am doing it with another girl? Why, why is that happening? Why is she upset? That's how I view the Packers in this whole situation. Why would Aaron Rodgers be upset? It's not like Aaron Rodgers didn't win the MVP last year. He won the, he was, he won the MVP. All his receivers that he threw to last year were either drafted or signed in free agency in the draft. Like, how could you be mad at us? We gave you all these weapons, Aaron. Except for last year, where you basically just held up two middle fingers and told Aaron Rodgers to (laughs) to shove it. Aaron Rodgers went on our TV show or radio show or something after the draft and just said, I was sitting around wondering when we were going to take a wide receiver. And not only did we not take a wide receiver, we took my replacement. We took Jordan Love, who dressed in zero games. I I would say played in zero games, but that's stating the obvious. He didn't dress for any game either. Jordan Love sat on the sideline and sat behind Tim Boyle the entire season. Like Matt LaFleur came out at the start of the season, so you're gonna see Jordan Love. You're gonna see Jordan Love in some games this year. What? On TV on the sideline, talking to Aaron Rodgers, Tim Boyle? Say, so, yeah, I think this is what you guys should have done. Well, Jordan, why why don't you do that on the field? Well, I can't play. I'm not dressed. As you see, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt right now. I was a first-round draft pick, you know. Now, Jordan Love could be the greatest quarterback of all time when it's all said and done, but Aaron Rodgers is not done. Aaron Rodgers won the freaking MVP. Why did, like, the difference between, I get the logic. Look at when we were doing this last year, I said that Jordan Love's most likely candidates to go, place to go, were the Saints and Packers. He went. I had him going to the Saints ultimately in my last mock draft. Went to the Packers. I didn't think the Packers would trade up for him. That's a little bit of an issue here. Now, I get they're the same age. Him and Brett Favre are the same age. But Brett Favre was contemplating retirement, which seemed like every other week. He did that for about five years. Aaron Rodgers never once thought or said anything remotely close to, I'm retiring. And Aaron Rodgers came out with this quote. And it was perfect. He said, my bad years are some quarterbacks' great years or career years. Like Aaron Rodgers has set himself to such a high standard that a good year for most quarterbacks is a bad year for Aaron Rodgers. It's the same thing that Messi and Ronaldo have going on for them over in Europe. Messi scored 91 goals in a season, in a calendar year. 72 in a season, I believe. The expectations are so much. Lamar Jackson won a unanimous MVP expectations are extremely high for Lamar that we're going to critique him at every little chance we get. And that's the same thing that's going on with Aaron Rodgers. That's why the Packers drafted Jordan Love and they basically were like, we're not going to get bullied by Aaron Rodgers. Like, I get not drafting one in the first round. I'm talking about wide receivers here. I get about drafting not not drafting a wide receiver in the first round. But not at all. And then not only not drafting a running back, you drafted a third string running back? Like, you had... Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams, who were one of the best running back duos in the entire NFL. And you drafted A.J. Dillon, who I think is a good running back, but you didn't need it. You didn't need a quarterback. As he didn't dress. You could have drafted one this year if you really wanted to. And then you drafted a tight end in the third round. He played two games and caught one pass. Like, the Packers draft last year was a giant flop. Jordan Love... Could turn out, again, to be the greatest quarterback of all time. But at this point in time, as I sit here on April 29th, that pick sucked. And you pissed Aaron Rodgers off to the point of, why do I want to be here anymore? You don't want me here? And reports, if the reports are true, they were going to trade Aaron Rodgers. They were like, we're trading you, and Aaron Rodgers is fine. Trade me. And then then they got cold feet, and now we're starting to try and get a contract over on Aaron Rodgers. And now he doesn't want to be there no matter what, whether he's traded or not. He's not going to be there. So this has got me speculating, and I've had a little bit of fun of this. I don't think this is going to happen, but I've had some fun with this. I want Aaron Rodgers to retire. And then Jordan Love takes over. Aaron, Rodger, Aaron Rodgers goes to Jeopardy, who he has apparently impressed as the host of Jeopardy. They have been impressed with Aaron Rodgers' ability of asking questions. Or not asking questions, giving statements and having the people ask questions, I guess. That's how Jeopardy works. So he goes to Jeopardy and then comes back and then signs with, well, not the Bears anymore. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Signs with, I don't know, the Vikings. I don't know. Well, time we'll tell what Kirk Cousins is doing in two years. That's what I want to happen. I want a similar thing to Brett Favre here. I want Aaron Rodgers to tear apart the Packers. I could care less about the Packers. I have family members that are Packers fans. I could really give two shits about the Green Bay Packers. I want to see Aaron Rodgers tear them apart. I want to see that happen. If it's not what the Vikings are a division rival, fine. Just keep him in the NFC. Keep Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. I want him to retire, go to Jeopardy, and come back to an NFC team. That's what I want for Aaron Rodgers. That's all I want. If you're on Team Green Bay, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. You're dumb, stupid, and dumb. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't want him to go to the Raiders. I don't want to go to the Broncos. Those two teams are... I I can't picture Aaron Rodgers there. I can picture him with the Raiders, not with the Broncos. I just can't see that happening. But yeah, he hasn't been traded yet. I mean, he's under contract. So I guess the Packers don't technically need to trade him, but that's where the retirement factor comes in. My dad doesn't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen. I just want it to happen. I want to retire and come back to an NFC team. That is the ultimate goal for me. As an NFL fan, I want to see the world burn when it's not involving my team, anyway. That is all I want. And man, I will get it. Probably not. But let's look at the 2021 NFL Draft. There's some surprising things, again. But there's also some not very surprising things, as well. Like, the first two picks. Everybody knew this was going to be the pick. I know people tried to make up the, like, go with, oh, they could draft Justin Fields, oh, they could do this, oh, they could do that. No, we all knew they were drafting Zach Wilson, that's what they did. Trevor Lawrence went one, Zach Wilson went two. Everybody knew that was going to happen. Three was where the drama started. I ultimately went with Mac Jones in my last mock draft, even though I wanted to put Trey Lance. I put in my mock draft, I want Trey Lance to go here. I would draft Trey Lance if I was the 49ers. Okay? Their big thing with the 49ers is Kyle Shanahan came out with a quote a few years ago, or maybe it was this year. I can't remember. Daniel Jeremiah brought it up. Accuracy is the end-all and be-all of quarterbacks. If you were looking at statistic-wise, Trey Lance is a lot less statistically accurate than Mac Jones. And he passes 10-plus yards down the field since, what, 2018? Trey Lance ranked 154th. Mac Jones ranked third. Joint third. Joint second, actually, with Justin Fields. Trey Lance did not have a very good passing accuracy down the field. But the thing that factors in with that, Trey Lance is very raw, which gives him insane upside, which makes him a better prospect than Mac Jones. But another thing that coupled into this, the last time the, this two team, these two people, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan drafted the quarterback. They passed on Patrick Holmes and Deshaun Watson and took CJ Beathard in the third round while they had only Brian Hoyer on the roster. So that was the whole situation there. like, I didn't think they would really care what people thought. And the smoke was all there, and I was in on the smoke. I think they were going to draft Mac Jones until Trey Lance's second pro day. Trey Lance's offense that he ran at North Coast State is a mere image of what the San Francisco 49ers do. It's not like some weird foreign system for Trey Lance. This is something he has run in college. We talked about this, when was this, on Wednesday's show. The wide receivers, the fullbacks, the tight ends, the running game, it is all similar to North Coast State's. That's what San Francisco does, and Trey Lance flourished at North Coast State. And Jimmy Garoppolo is still there. This will give Trey Lance a year, or maybe a little less, to properly develop. And I think he's in a system with a coaching staff that is there that will support him that will make him the best quarterback he can be. And I'm very excited to see where Trey Lance goes. This is my favorite pick of the draft. Mostly because I didn't want to see Mac Jones go here. I had reasoning why Mac Jones would go there. I thought that's what would happen. But I'm glad it's Trey Lance. I really played devil's advocate in my mock draft because I was like, I've got to make an argument for Mac Jones. Other than accuracy, I can't make a logical argument on why I would take him over Trey Lance. I wouldn't. I wanted the 49ers to take Trey Lance. I was talking to a friend earlier today through DMs on Twitter. And we were talking about the 49ers. I said, I want them to take Trey Lance. I think it will be McCorkle, which is Mac Jones' real name for all of you unaware. He wanted Justin Fields. I said, yeah, I like Justin Fields. I just think Trey Lance's ceiling is a little higher than Fields if he realizes his potential, which I think he can with the 49ers. We'll talk about Justin Fields in a little bit. But Trey Lance is awesome. I'm very excited to see where he goes. Well-deserving of the third overall pick. Well-deserving to be the 49ers' new guy. Gives them something better than Jimmy Garoppolo, which is great. I love this pick. This is my, again, this is my favorite pick in the draft. I'm mostly relieved that it's not Mac Jones. Not really because I don't think Mac Jones was good enough. I just don't, I didn't need social media to explode. And I didn't need that for years to come about the pictures of Trey Lance or Justin Fields in a 49ers uniform. Now we won't get that. Because Trey Lance is somebody that people wanted here. Trey Lance will develop. Trey Lance become more accurate. Trey Lance is a great quarterback. And once he develops, he will be an awesome starter in the NFL. And then we got three hits in a row. Four, if you count the Panay Sewell thing. So Kyle Pitts went four to Atlanta. Not surprising. Best player outside the quarterbacks in the draft. Atlanta wasn't taking a quarterback unless it was Trey Lance. We've talked about that a thousand times here on the show. They were taking Trey Lance or Kyle Pitts. Trey Lance is off the board. They're taking Kyle Pitts. That's what factored into that. You got an insane offense now. Matt Ryan's not close to retiring, as we're seeing what with Aaron Rodgers is doing. Matt Ryan doesn't look like slowing down anytime soon. And then you're folding yourself into a similar situation of what Green Bay is doing, and you don't want to do that. That should be a warning side to all teams, in the NFL. That 36 is not old anymore for quarterbacks. Drew Brees played to his 40s. Tom Brady played to his 40s, He's still playing in his 40s. Ben Roethlisberger is 39. he's going to be 40. Uh, the quarterbacks we just mentioned. Uh, who who do we just? Met? Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan will play till they're forty. So that's not an old age for quarterbacks anymore. it's a, not a young age, but it's not old. They're not contemplating retirement at this point in time. I love the I I like I love Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta. It makes a ton of sense. Jamar Chase going to Cincy makes a ton of sense. I get the arguments, like I stated in my mock draft. I get the arguments from the off the line perspective. The Bengals' problems are in the interior line, not on the tackles. Their interior line stinks. Their offensive line last year was bad. This year, it's better. You replaced Bobby Hart, who's one of the worst offensive tackles of the 21st century, with Riley Reeve, who's coming off a career year. That's upgrade. You get your interior offensive linemen later and fix your deep passing game, which is non-existent. You have no weapons, really, on this roster. I like Tyler Boyd. Who's had a thousand-yard receivers before, receiving seasons before, but he's more of a slot guy. I like T. Higgins a lot. But Jamar Chase, after watching what him and Joe Burrow did at LSU, you cannot, in good conscience, tell me you would pass on that opportunity to reunite them in the NFL. You can draft offensive linemen. You cannot replicate that connection with any wide receiver in this draft. You can get wide receivers. This wide receiver draft is the deepest class of all time. You cannot replicate what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase do together with any receiver in this class. You can fill offensive line needs later in the draft, especially on the interior D-line. What Burrow and Chase did at LSU was historic. Chase was the best receiver by far in college football, and if he played last year, he would have been the best receiver in college football again. He's that good. Chase is an absolute beast at at wide receiver. And, again, I get the arguments for Sewell. I had Chase going here because the connection's too real. I like Sewell a lot. I like Chase more. Get your interior offensive lineman later. The Bengals have, in the draft, they possess the 38th pick, or the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6th pick in the second round, while also having the 69th pick, LOL, in the third round. You can get off the lineman there you can get that you got Quentin Spain there who's good he had a down year last year but he's a good interior off the lineman Riley Reef again coming off career Jonah Williams is a good left tackle get Jamar Chase I have no issues with this pick and then Jalen Wall going sixth no issues here had that pick as well this reunites Dolphin Tua with a familiar wide receiver and gives the Dolphins the biggest playmaker in this draft like, Jalen Waddell, I saw something that said they were thinking about Chase and Waddle, and they were favoring Waddle over Chase. The only logical option here is to put Waddle there. I toyed with the idea of moving Robert Hunt to guard and drafting Panay Sewell, but I axed that because Waddle is just too good to pass up. I love the idea of Jalen Waddell going to Miami. I think it's a great fit all around, and it gives Tua a very familiar target. At seven, Panay Sewell went to the Lions. I had the Chargers trading up. He was going seven. He wasn't dipping past seven. That was what every, I knew that. I went with the, let's give Justin Herbert his college teammate back. In hindsight, I just had to stay at 13 and take Rashawn Slater. That was the next option. But, didn't do that. We went with Sewell because I loved the connection there. Didn't happen, but we got the placement right. So, if we're discounting the Lions picking him, I'm six for seven, and I'll take that, and really, I, my mind said Trey Lance, or my gut said Trey Lance, my mind said Mac Jones. I was too afraid to put Trey Lance down, and I wish I did. It was more the fact I didn't know where Mac Jones would go because I thought the Patriots would want Justin Fields, and it was a hard part of me trying to figure out where Jones would go if not the Patriots, but then we get to Justin Fields in a little bit. who got drafted 11th by a team we'll mention in a little bit. Eighth Panthers, J.C. Horn heard they liked him a lot. Needed a corner, makes a ton of sense. I had him going to the the Cowboys if he was available for the Cowboys. I think they would have taken him, but Denver took Sertan at nine, which kind of surprised me, but not really. When Denver won their Super Bowl, they had the No Fly Zone with a keep to leaving Chris Harris. That's what he they want to replicate here. Vic Fangio is a defensive guy. They've invested heavily in the offense as of late. Two years ago, Noah Fant, Drew Locke, Dalton Risner. Last year, you got. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Lloyd Cushenberry. It's time Vic Fangio got a premium draft pick to draft a defensive player. Pat Sertan is a guy that would is going to be really good for the Broncos. They got Kyle Fuller. They got some other options at corner as well, but Sertan's better than everybody except for Kyle Fuller. I do. I was kind of surprised they didn't take Justin Fields. I thought that would be an option, even though they got Treddy Bridgewater. Now, they might be looking at a guy in the second round that could be an option for them, or they're trading for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. That's been something that popped up. I doubt it, so they just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. But I'm not confident going into the season with the Broncos with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterbacks. I'm not confident in that. Like, Bears fans weren't confident with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, and that's a very similar situation to what we got going on in Denver. But hey, I get the idea of Sertan. I like the pick. I just would have gone Justin Fields. 10, the Eagles doing the smart thing. The entire time, I thought they were going to take Quiddy Pay because they were reports that they loved Quiddy Pay. The Giants reportedly loved Quiddy Pay, but the Eagles jumped the Giants to draft Devontae Smith, who the Giants wanted, who I had the Giants taking in my last mock draft. And that's the smart move. Devontae Smith, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, played with Jalen Hurts at Alabama. Like dude's a baller get Jalen Hurts a familiar target you're trying to figure out if he's your quarterback get him some targets I think that's exactly what the Giants wanted to do but they didn't get him so they traded back and got a very good wide receiver in his own right later so I think it worked out at 11 the Bears Justin Fields Justin gosh darn Fields went to the Chicago Bears the Bears made a good pick at quarterback good lord this shocked me my friend Tyler and I, when we were doing our little, mod, our draft show or whatever, we were joking about that they were going to take Mac Jones. We were going to have to deal with, oh, they drafted this Mac Jones over Justin Fields. We we're going to some of that all the time. Thankfully for Bears fans, they took Fields. Now, I do think the Bears have a need at corner. They have some issues on the O-line, but man, Justin Fields is a major upgrade from what the Bears have had over the past, what, can we call history? <laughs> Like, their best quarterback, Sid Luckman. And then after that, you have Jim McMahon and Jay Cutler. Neither two are scratched in the Hall of Fame. I like Jim McMahon. I think he's a cult hero in Chicago. Was he a great quarterback? He was a good quarterback. Really gritty guy that never wanted to go out, but his body ultimately failed him. But he was not a great quarterback. Bears fans love him, and I'll probably get smited by a Bears fan tomorrow when I, if this show comes out and they hear me talk about Jim McMahon badly. I love Jim McMahon. I don't want to bash Jim McMahon. I really like him. He's just not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Sid Luckman is. Jay Cutler's not. Jim McMahon isn't. Justin Fields has the potential to be the Bears' greatest quarterback of all time. He's got a good supporting cast around him and Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. He's got Matt Nagy there, apparently quarterback-friendly coach. Got Allen Robinson there. Got David Montgomery. You tried to trade for Russell Wilson, didn't work. Justin Fields, love it. I love the Justin Fields pick. I had the idea. I If just, Mac Jones didn't go to the, the 49ers, the only other team that needed a quarterback that I thought would be the, the uh, what do you call it, the Bears but I couldn't see them taking Mac Jones. So I ultimately just kept my draft to go Mac Jones, of the 49ers at three ultimately it should have gone with my gut, which would have been more correct than what actually took place. And a guy I work with or worked at our office, he wanted Justin Fields, he's a big time bears fan. I just laughed at him because I was like, Oh, they're probably going to draft Davis mills or something. But the bears actually did something smart. The bears drafted the best quarterback available. Most rooms or more, a lot of people out there would rank the quarterbacks this way. Now, you could flip Trey Lance and Justin Fields, but this is not like a wild quarterback ranking here. Like, you could rank these guys in this order, and most some people would be perfectly fine with it. I would rank Fields higher, but I'm cool with whatever. I think Fields, Lance has the highest ceiling, but I think right now Lance is – or, jeez, I keep mixing them up. Lance has the highest ceiling. Right now, I think Fields is better. Does that make sense? I think Lance will eventually become better than Justin Fields, but at this point in time, Fields is ready to start. I don't think Lance is. I think Fields is raw too, but I think Fields is a lot more ready to start than Lance. But Bears, I like it. I like it a lot. Cowboys, (coughs) Micah Parsons. Jeez, sorry about this. Micah Parsons. Makes sense that Sean Lee just retired. They needed some help at linebacker. A lot of help at linebacker. Leighton Vander Esch's health has been a concern recently. He's been injured quite a bit. Jalen Smith had some injury concerns coming in. Maybe those popped up again. I don't know. I thought the Cowboys would go corner and then quitty pay, but Micah Parsons makes a ton of sense for the Dallas Cowboys. He wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy for crying out loud. He was tweeting about it when they were playing when Penn State was playing in the Cotton Bowl two years ago. Like he wanted to be a Cowboy, and I like the fit. Like to this point. We have no issues with any team. The Chargers take Rashawn Slater. Beautiful pick. Best left tackle available. Best best arguably left tackle in the draft. I had him 1A, 1B with Sewell and Slater. Perfect. Chargers protected Justin Herbert. He went from a, a line to an offensive line. You see the emphasis? Of the, uh, yeah, 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 a line. Offensive line. That's what Herbert went to. You got... Uh, re- you invested heavily in the O-line and now you got the second best or arguably best left tackle in the draft in Rashawn Slater who can play everywhere and they got Trey Pickens there as well so if Brian Balaga gets hurt you've got options and they like Pickens as well so I love this pick and then Vera Tucker for the Jets Vikings again value picks talk about the Vikings a little bit Vera Tucker love this pick for the Jets I had him going To the Jets at 23, but I was like, I can't see him falling that far. I have a very hard time picturing Vera Tucker fall all the way to 23. So I had him going to the Raiders, ultimately. He obviously didn't fall to 23, fell to 14. I think this is a great pick for the Jets. He can play everywhere on the offensive line. Has done at a very high level at USC. Could do the same thing for the Jets. They need a right tackle. I have no issues with him playing right tackle. He can play guard. He can play center. He can do anything. The Jets had a great draft. Day one of the draft. Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker. Great day one of the draft. Great day one for the New York Jets. 15 the Patriots, Mac Jones. I mean, it's a Patriots quarterback. I, we the logic said Mac Jones would be the Patriots guy. We all kind of knew it. I just thought that there were the Justin Fields rumors were true. I bought him. I bought him. But that was also because Mac Jones or uh I had Mac Jones go to the 49ers at three. If I had Mac Jones not going to the 49ers, I would have probably had Patriots taking Mac Jones because that just seemed like a Patriots quarterback. I would have loved the, or Not loved them. I would have liked to see them take Mac Jones or uh, Justin Fields because that's what I, you know, I had that. So, you know, for my mock draft purposes, I would have liked to see it. But for on the field, I didn't want to see Justin Fields. I love the Mac Jones fit, does what they do. He's a Kyle. I think Josh McDaniels would love a guy like him when Bill Belichick ultimately retires. Josh McDaniels will ultimately step in. I think we can all kind of assume Josh McDaniels will be the head coach of the Patriots and Bill Belichick retires. At least that's what he wants to do. And Mac Jones doesn't need to play right away, even though he is ready to play. And I'm excited to see what he does in Boston. And I would really like to see Mac Jones take the field against Tom Brady. I know he's probably not, But I would love to see Mac Jones play Tom Brady. It's like the past versus the present, in a way. It's like San Fran playing Kansas City. Steve Young versus Joe Montana. That's what that would be. Now, Mac Jones, I think, is a very realistic shot at winning the starting job outright. If he doesn't, then sadly we won't see past for present. But if he does, that'd be great to see. Like the fit for the Patriots. Cardinals, Zayvon Collins had this one. It makes sense. Versatile linebacker can replace Chandler Jones. Or if he leaves... Zay, uh, he can play inside linebacker he can play outside linebacker again he's a linebacker with a defensive end's body with the skills of a safety how could you not like Zayvon Collins I'm excited and happy that people actually said he'd go to the Cardinals at 16 because this is the range he should go but when I was doing mock drafts it was like no one knows where he'll go I'm glad people started talking about him going to 16 because I'm happy he went this high because he deserves to go this high they could use him all over the place. The guy, Isaiah Simmons, last year. They lost to Son Riddick, who went to Carolina, I believe. So he'd be a nice replacement for him. This would hopefully help develop Isaiah Simmons. So you have an outside linebacking duo of Isaiah Simmons and Chandler Jones with J.J. Watt and now Zavin Collins. That's a good defense. You're getting better on defense if you're the Cardinals. 17, the first reach, the Raiders. Alex Leatherwood, the first reach of the draft. This shocked me. I thought if they took a tackle or an offensive lineman, it was going to be Vera Tucker, but he was gone. So that ruled out. I thought it'd be Barmore then. Barmore didn't go in the first round at all. Spoiler alert. Leatherwood was a good tackle at Alabama. Very good tackle. Won the Outland Trophy, if I'm not mistaken. But he had a very bad senior bowl weekend, and people are kind of confused on whether he's a guard or tackle. So, leave it to the Raiders to overdraft somebody. They have done this ever since Mike Mayock has been there, and I don't know what it is with Mike Mayock since he's become the GM. He is overdrafting people. He used to be so good at doing this, like figuring out value of players and stuff. He has just gone for big-name colleges every single year he's been the GM. Cleveland Furrell was a reach at four. Damon Arnett was a reach at 19. And now... Alex Leatherwood at 17. They have a need at tackle. They have a need at guard. So they go, well, we don't know which one he is. We'll figure it out in camp. And do that way? I don't know. I, I was kind of confused by this. And Tyler, who I did the show with, he is a Raiders fan. Lifelong Raiders fan. I've known him my entire life. Lifelong Raiders fan. He was confused by it. He was kind of talked himself into it. I think most Raiders fans are disappointed by this because it's yet another overreach by Mike Mayock and co., I don't know what it is with them with this. They suck at drafting. Cleveland Furl had a career year last year, and it wasn't a good year. You can go look that up yourself. I'm not really going to bother going through the statistics with you about Cleveland Furl in his first season, or the last season at Oakland, or Vegas, I guess. Damon Arnett barely plays. I hope Alex Leatherwood's as good as he was at Alabama. If he's not, Raiders fans will want to see heads roll, but Gruden's under contract for six more years, 100 million dollars. Like we got a lot more time with John Gruden. I don't know about Mayak's contract, but it's been confusing to say the least with the Raiders' draft strategy. But that's been their history; they've confused people all the time in the draft. But it hasn't worked recently. So, like drafting Sebastian Janikowski and Ray Guy in the first round, that worked out. Ray Guy's a Hall of Famer and the greatest puncher of all time. Sebastian Janikowski was the best kicker for a while in the NFL. He's the Raiders' best player on Madden for years. That worked out. Like those reaches worked. Uh, the Raiders' reaches for with Mayock and Gruden and Co. have not worked. And they've passed on some very good players in the process as well. Uh, Miami, Jalen Phillips, I was toyed between Jalen Phillips and Jay and Pay. I went with Quiddy Pay here. I had Jalen Phillips going to Indy. Quiddy Pay went to Indy. So that's just flipped around. And I had that as my like, if not then, who would it be? Jalen Phillips from Miami, Quiddy Pay for Indianapolis. I should have known that. I didn't. That's on me. My B. I should have had that because obviously Jalen Phillips barring injuries is considered to be by most people the best End in the draft or edge rusher in the draft. Quiddy Pay, I think, is the most athletic one next to Jason Oway. But maybe they feel like Phillips would fit their defense more. I don't know where they'd play him at outside linebacker or 3-4 DN. Time will tell on that. I like Phillips a lot. Phillips is a very good defensive end. I just thought his health injuries, health concerns. Like, dude literally retired two years ago. So I was kind of like, maybe he falls a little bit to 21. I thought that would be the limit he'd go. And then the rest of the edge rushers kind of sort themselves out. But, yeah, pay... Phillips, either one of them were going to go to Indy or Miami. I just had them in the wrong order. Washington took Jamin Davis. We had that best pure linebacker in the draft, or what some people are calling him. I like Jeremiah Wosukoromoa a lot, but he's a tweener. We don't really know what he is. He's a safety linebacker. He's a little smaller. Jamin Davis got 20 pounds on him, is a natural inside linebacker, is an athletic freak. Like, go watch his pro day. Go see him short. Like, dude, is built like a freaking temple. He's a central casting for linebackers. He's got speed. He's got every size, speed, athleticism, technique. Like, dude's got everything. I had Jeremiah Wosukoromoa going here at first, and I switched it last second because I heard Jamin Davis was going to go in the teens. So I put him in the teens. I put Jeremiah Wosukoromoa to the Browns. That didn't happen. And Jeremiah Coromoa didn't even get drafted the first round, which really surprised me. But you know what? I'm sure whoever gets him in the second round will be very, very happy. He would probably go. I, I could see the Jets taking him. I could see the Jags taking him, the Falcons. Dolphins could take him. Uh, Broncos could take him. Like, there's an options though, where he could go. But Jamin Davis to the Redskins or Washington football team, my bad. Not surprising. Giants take Darius Toney. Love it. Like the pick a lot. I didn't see Tony in a lot of people's later mock drafts, even though I had him ranked as my fourth wide receiver. I think Tony's ability to make plays out of absolutely nothing is second to none. And I just love watching Kadarius Tony. He's one of my favorite wide receivers in this draft class. I'm not surprised at all that he went as high as 20. I toyed with the idea of him going 16 to the Cardinals. But ultimately, he went into the Packers. Because again, not a lot of people were having him as high as I thought they would, which is they're more connected than I am. So I kind of go off of what people are that are connected say and then put my own touch on it. I should have had Kadarius Tony going higher. That's on me. Probably should have done that. But ultimately did not. Had him going 29th, he went 20th. Don't care. He's a great player. Makes a lot of sense for the Giants. Need more weapons. This dude's a weapon in every sense of the word. Receiving, rushing, returning, passing even. Whatever. Tony will make plays for the Giants. It was between him and Pei... And they went with Tony. And then Pay went 21st The the Colts, we already talked about. Uh, Titans took Caleb Farley. Not surprised here. Farley has the back injuries, which is a big issue. Which back injuries, for those of you unaware, are very hard injuries to come back from fully. Like, it ruined, just as an example, ruined Arian Foster's career, ruined Tony Romo's career. So, it's a concern. But as we've learned from the Titans in the past at least two drafts, they're not concerned with injuries or character concerns they don't really care about that kind of stuff you had Jeffrey Simmons two years ago in 2019 then last year they drafted Isaiah Wilson from Georgia they don't care about character or injury concerns they are going to say if you can play we'll draft you Isaiah Simmons didn't work out obviously or Isaiah Wilson didn't work out I should say cut after a year cut by the Dolphins after being there for a week Not surprised it didn't work out. I had him going to the Titans in the first round of 2019 or 2020, but there were a lot of red flags surrounding Isaiah Wilson. That's just what people were saying at the time. Uh, For Caleb Farley, he might be the best corner of the draft. The back injuries are what tanked him. I had him going to the Saints. I should have had him going to the Titans. I toyed with it because of the idea of Titans don't care about stuff off the field or injuries or personal problems or whatever they have shown they don't care about that and they need a corner and Farley was there I didn't give it to him I should have done that thinking about it again probably should have done that uh Vikings trading back in Christian Derrissaw beautiful piece of value business right here by the Vikings they did it again they did it last year they did it this year and Darisaw is a player that could have easily gotten a 14 easily and they didn't they got back at twenty three, so they got more picks out of it. I don't think they got a lot. Now that I'm remembering, I don't think they really got a ton out of this deal. But I like it. I like the Vikings getting off to alignment. They just cut Riley Reef. Now you get another bookend left tackle, very strong in the run game. Who I saw this. I've, I'm I'm not looking at my draft right now, but I had it in my notes that Darius played more rush, more plays running the ball than passing the ball at Virginia Tech which is crazy to think about. And with the Vikings being a run-oriented team with great weapons on the outside, you need a guy that is adapt to pass blocking and run blocking, which saw is. And I think he's perfect for the Minnesota Vikings. And the fact that they got him at 23 is even better. Uh, 24 Steelers, Najee Harris, not surprised. I mean, this was the rumor for weeks now. We all knew this was happening. It was basically like Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. We knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of, I mean, Well, not win either because we knew it was going to pick up 24. Najee Harris for the Steelers. He fits what the Steelers love at running backs. Bigger guys that can move. You look at all the great running backs in Steelers history. Franco Harris, Jerome Bettis, Le'Veon Bell. Yes, I'm including Le'Veon Bell in that because for about three or four years, he was the best running back in the NFL. I'm not disputing that. Najee Harris has a very similar build and skill set to the aforementioned Le'Veon Bell. Came catch balls in the backfield as a bigger running back who is a great athlete. Now, I don't think Najee Harris is as patient or has the vision of Le'Veon Bell. That's not a bad thing. For those years, Le'Veon Bell was the best at pretty much everything in the NFL at running back. And Najee Harris, I think, could become something like that. And not and Mike Tomlin wants to run the ball. That's what he wants to do. And though they don't have a lot of alignment, I think they can address that in the second round. You can't get a guy like Najee Harris. After Javante Williams... There's a pretty decent drop-off between the next best running backs. You have the top three, and then the rest trying to drop off. Najee Harris is the best one, arguably. Between him and Etienne, I could go either way. You got to take him if you want him. I know interior off the line's a need, but there's none that were really worth a first-round draft pick except for Lady Dickerson, who's got the ACL injury. So I wouldn't have drafted one, and that's why I went with Najee Harris. Jacksonville Jaguars took Travis Etienne. This was a giant confusion for a lot of people. This was reported the day before the draft, when the bill, or a few like a week before a draft, I should say, of the Bills wanting to trade up to get Travis Etienne. This is because the Jets and the Jaguars were two teams that were linked with him. Mike May, or uh, not Mike Mayock, uh, Tom McShay from ESPN mentioned it, and the Jaguars ended up doing it, getting Travis Etienne. Urban Meyer said that they want to be the fastest team in football. They want to be one of the fastest teams. Etienne would provide that, and I know they have James Robinson. I like James Robinson a lot. And he had a really good year last year. But Etienne wouldn't take everything away. I think Etienne's an amazing running back, and it could be a similar situation of Trey Mason and Todd Gurley, which is what I instantly thought of when we were watching the draft. Trey Mason had a nice year, but Todd Gurley's an upgrade. I like James Robinson, but I think Travis Etienne... I I love Travis Etienne. I'll just say that. I've loved Travis Etienne for the past few years now. I think Travis Etienne's a great player. The, The pick... Confuses me to a certain extent. You can stack running backs. It's always a nice thing to have. You look at some of the best teams in the NFL. They have great running back duos. You look at Nick Chubb, cream Hunt, and the Browns. Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray with the New Orleans Saints. You have Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and Seattle. I'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head. It's kind of hard to do this when you're out when you're not ready to think of when you're not on your feet. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams before Jamal Williams left. So Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon now. Like, you can get good running backs and pair them together. It's not that difficult to do. Now Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. That could be a very good one as well. Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. You can do this and be successful. It's a very easy concept to do. It's not very difficult. I know a lot of people were concerned about this with James Robinson losing touches. Don't worry about it. Etienne can go out wide. You can do two running back sets if you wanted to with these two. I think they're two really good running backs. I don't think this is a bad pick. I'm confused a little bit, but it's a I don't think it's a bad pick whatsoever. I like Etienne a lot. I just wish he was available when the Bills picked at 30. But I like I'll get to the Bills in a little bit. 26 the Browns took Greg Newsome. Kind kind of surprised me because of the fact that we mentioned that all of their guys coming back in the secondary, like Grant Delpitt's coming back, Greedy Williams is coming back from injuries. Got John Johnson. You got Denzel Ward back and fully healthy, hopefully. Kind of confused at first, but then I started looking into it. it. Was like, okay, well, their sec their secondary got beat up last year, injury wise. We talked about the two Delpit and Williams already, and they got found out. They got beat a lot later in the season. Getting Newsome, who a lot of people expected to be the third cornerback off the board. I was included in that. That. I'm just surprised they didn't go after someone like Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa, a linebacker who would improve their linebacking course, someone like Christian Barmore who would fill a hole that was left by Sheldon Richardson. But again, this D-tackle class is very weak, so maybe they think Barmore would later. But I thought that would help elevate Barmore to a certain extent and help them go earlier because of how bad the rest of the class is. I think it's between him, Honor Zaruki. And then there's probably a drop-off than Davion Nixon from Iowa. But I'm not surprised. You're in a division with some good quarterbacks. you got to help against your in-state rival. Cincinnati Bengals you just got Jamar Chase. That might have had a big factor in getting a guy like Drake Newsom as well. I like it. It was confusing at first, but I like the pick. Greg Newsom's a great corner. I think he fits what they want to do on defense. Uh they fill somewhat of a need because they do have a little bit of a depth issue at corner. Grady Williams coming back from a, I think, an ACL injury. Delpit had a he was the Achilles tear. Delpit had the Achilles injury. I think Williams was the ACL injury. But Newsom would help fill a need regardless. I like I like Greg Newsom a lot, and yeah, I like the pick by the Browns. It surprised me, but I like the pick. 27, the Ravens. Rashad Bateman makes sense. I mean, we had this in the draft. Great wide receiver. Statistics were down last year, but great two years ago. Passing offense was pretty much non existent for Minnesota. They had a great rushing attack with Muhammad Ibrahim. Rashad Bateman really developed as a, pat, a run blocker, which was great to see for him. And yeah, it fits the Ravens' need. The Ravens can hopefully get some more weapons for Lamar Jackson. And this will help the Ravens become a little more creative on the offensive side of the ball, which is something they struggled with last year, not developing from year one to year two with Lamar Jackson or year two to year three, I guess, technically with Lamar Jackson as a full-time starter, year one, to year two, but yeah, I love this pick for the Ravens. It covers a lot of bases for the Ravens. It gives them a possible number one target for Lamar Jackson and gives them a guy capable in the run blocking, which is something they rely heavily on from their wide receivers. At 28, the Saints took Peyton Turner, really the biggest surprise of the draft. I don't think anybody really saw this coming. They were talked about trading up into the top 10, and then they took Peyton Turner from Houston. Now, to be 100% honest with you, I don't know a ton about Peyton Turner. The Saints have done this in the past about drafting a player that not a lot of people were really aware of, or they overdrafted Marcus Davenport, a guy we mentioned not too long ago, as a prime example of that. I think this is a similar situation here, similar conference. Conference, if I'm not mistaken, American Athletic Conference. Uh, he was a second team All AAC selection in 2020. I, I, I don't know about, I don't know a lot about him. I'm sorry, I can't really give you a full analysis on this guy. I, they were surprised at the NFL Network as well. I. He might turn out to be a great player. He's got size on his side, six foot six, 270 pound defensive end. I don't know. It, it surprised me. It surprised me, but, hey, you never know. What do I know? Uh, 29, the Packers took Eric Stokes' corner from Georgia. I like Eric Stokes. I think Eric Stokes is, uh, I don't know. I, I was surprised when people would rank Tyson Campbell above him. I don't think that's fair to Eric Stokes at all. Eric Stokes is faster. He had better statistics than Tyson Campbell. So I thought, you know, Stokes makes the best sense. But for the Packers, I like the okay i got two things going on here in my mind duality of the packers pick one hand it fills a need you need help at corner kevin king sucked in the nfc championship game you i know you re-signed him but you're going to need some more help eric stokes provides that he's very fast and very has very good ball skills it makes sense the other hand you just we just got done talking about aaron Rodgers. how pissed off he is he wants to leave why would you not say, you know, here's Elijah Moore. Here's Terrace Marshall. Why would you not do that? Why would you not go someone like that instead of going, there's a corner? I I like the need. I like the fit. I like Greg's, Eric Stokes. But, wouldn't you want to try and make Aaron Rodgers happy or just going, well, you can't leave. You're under contract. So just retire. That's basically what they're telling him. But,. As far as fit, it works. As far as pissing off Aaron Rodgers to even a further extent, that doesn't work. But yeah, Bills at thirty, Greg Rousseau, like it, like it a lot. I had him drip, dipping out of the first round. I'm not surprised the Bills took him. I heard they were really liking uh, Joe Tryon, the edge rusher from Washington. They were going to take an edge rusher if Etienne wasn't there. That's what I felt. That's what I felt from this. I had Joe Tryon as my other pick here. I didn't know if Rousseau would go in the first round. I heard mixed reviews about Rousseau. I know he had the huge production two years ago. But people are saying he looked stiff at his pro day. He didn't play in 2020. So people were concerned about that. But the length, the production he did have two years ago is insane. The upside of Greg Rousseau is also insane. Like he's nowhere near the finished product. His One big season at Miami, he had 15 and a half sacks. So it was like a sack right behind Chase Young. Like He was a top 10 pick before he opted out, which is a good thing for the Bills. I'm happy. I'm really happy with Greg Rousseau. I was super tired. I'm super tired now, so you're not going to get a really like yelly reaction about it, about being how excited I am about it. But I like it. I like the pick. It fits a need. Bills have 33-year-old edge Rusher and Jerry Hughes. They have, I think, Mario Addison still on the other side. I can't remember if it was him or Quentin Jefferson they cut. They have A.J. Ampeneza who flattered to deceive at times last year. Greg Rousseau fills the need for the Bills. I'm very happy with this pick, and yeah, hopefully it works out. All in all, in the end for the Bills, happy. Twenty nine or thirty one, the Ravens. Jason Oway had that in the mock draft. Probably it's between, like I said earlier, with Quiddy Pay. It's between him and Pay as the two most athletic edge rushers in this entire draft. Pays or Oset, jeez, always pro day rhymes but not only does it rhyme he had a great pro day and for how big he is at six foot four almost six five to what 60 he has burners dude has absolute burners now i know he had zero sacks last year i've got i've gotten that it's been registered i can't think of a better place for him than baltimore who have a very good track record of developing players and with Owe's skill set and athletic ability, I have no issue with this pick and him being a first rounder, even though he had no sacks last year. Which is kind of crazy to think about Owe and Rosso didn't have had the same number of sacks last year, but Rosso didn't play. I like Owe a lot. I had Owe as my number five edge rusher in my draft, if I remember correctly. I had Rosso kind of somewhere around three or four in my last rankings, just because I didn't know where he'd go. And it only became recent that Ojalari's knee issue popped up. Otherwise, he would have been a first-round draft pick. I have no questions about Ojalari being a first-round draft pick if he didn't have a knee issue. But ultimately, he does. I don't think that would change Baltimore's pick. I think they really like Jason Owe. Phil's a need. They had lost their two starting edge rushers on their defense in Yannick Ngakwe and Matthew Judon. Needed help there. And they got Jason Oway. And finally, the Buccaneers took Joe Tryon. Nice. I like it. You get a guy that can sit behind JPP for a year and still play, but then once JPP leaves after his one-year deal is done, you have Joe Tryon there, who is what they call a Greek god physique. Like, dude is an absolute temple, pretty much. Beast of an edge rusher. Sat out last year, but you know what? I don't care. He'll have time to learn again under JPP, and I'm excited to see what he becomes in Tampa Bay. So all in all, in the first round of the uh, the first round of the NFL draft, I liked my favorite picks, I should say, were Trey Lance going to San Francisco, Jamar Chase going to Cincinnati. I know that's people won't like that, but I love the pick because if you look at what they did at LSU together, it's too good not to pass up. I mean, it's too good. You can fix the interior O line in the later rounds. You can't get that connection in the later rounds. Joe Burrow and Chase's connection, you can't replicate later. I love the J.C. Horn pick for the Panthers. Still is a position of need. Horn's been rising up draft boards like crazy, and yeah, this was someone they really liked. I got I heard reports of this, or heard read reports that they really liked him like a week ago. And in my mock draft, I had the Panthers trading the Patriots, trading with the Patriots, then getting Stephon Gilmore. That was what I ended up having. Panthers needed a need at cor- had a need at corner. Patriots. We're looking to trade Stephon Gilmore. Everybody was pretty much saying they were going to trade him regardless. They didn't, and they kept pick at 15. Both stayed at their spots and got players that they liked. So I think it's a win-win for both teams. Uh, Justin Fields to the Bears. The Bears got a quarterback that will excite the fans that has potential to be one of the best in Chicago's Chicago ever had. It gives fans excitement for what has been a very dreary existence. Like, they've been to Super Bowls, they've won a Super Bowl, but the quarterback position itself has not been something that Bears fans look on with joy. It's been a very dry position. Like, who's had a worse quarterback history? The Bills, Browns, or Bears? I would argue it's the Bears. Like, the Bills, you had Kemp, you had Ferguson, you had Jim Kelly, you have Josh Allen, the Browns, you had Otto Graham, you had Bernie Kosar, you have Baker Mayfield. The Bears had Sid Luckman and then Jim McMahon and Jay Cutler. Jim McMahon's a cult hero, but we're talking about great quarterbacks. Jim McMahon's a nice cult hero that would do anything for the Bears, and I love him for that. He's just not a great quarterback, and no one likes Jay Cutler as the player. They like him as the person outside of football, but not really as the player. But I love that for the the Chicago Bears. Rashawn Slater to the Chargers. Staying Pat at 13 and taking the second-best tackle in the draft is awesome. Fills the need for the Chargers. And, yeah, Chargers have a really good off the line now. Went from a terrible line to a really good O-line. I love the Kadarius Toney pick by the Giants. Can do everything for the Giants. If they use him right, which I hope they do, they could have a very good weapon on their hands. Very versatile player. Him and Jalen Waller are two of the most versatile players in this draft class. Kadarius Toney, numerous times, you could see plays where nothing happened where it was like oh it's plays over and then he scores a touchdown he had a four-four-one forty, which doesn't wow anybody but he does not he plays so much faster than that on the field there's a difference between 40-yard dash time and football speed there's a huge difference and that i've talked about that ad nauseum on the show and tony has that he has football speed and i'm excited to see what he does with the new york giants next one uh rashad bateman for the ravens can run block, can pass catch, gives Lamar Jackson a reliable target out wide. Love that fit for the Ravens. And yeah, I think those are my favorite. I like the pick of Rousseau as well. I really like that pick. I'm excited to see what he does for the Buffalo Bills. Long uh, guys production two years ago, but that was two years ago. Didn't play last year. I like it. This was actually who the Bills beat writer for ESPN, Marcel, had. The Bills take it was Greg Rousseau. I didn't have him in the first round. I contemplated it, but ultimately did not. So all in all, comparing my mock draft to the actual draft, I had Trevor Lawrence right, Zach Wilson right. I should have had Trey Lance right, but ultimately didn't. Then I had Kyle Pitts. I had Jamar Chase. I had Jalen Waddell. I had Pene Sewell in the right spot, but, you know, wrong team. Can we count that as a half point? I'll count it. It's my show. No one's here. Is anybody around here? If there is, I'd be really scared right now because it's 12-20 right now. I am I would not like someone said, yeah, I'm right behind you. Yeah, I'm counting for myself. So that's seven or six. Six, I mean. Justin Fields did not go to the Patriots. Trey Lance did not go to the Broncos. J.C. Horn did not go to the Cowboys. Devontae Smith would have gone to the Giants the Eagles didn't trade up. Patrick Titan did not go to the Eagles. Micah Parsons not to the Lions. Rashawn Slater did not go to the Vikings. I thought if the Chargers trade up, then they would go with Slater there. Starisaw did not go to the Panthers. Zavin Collins to the Cardinals at seven. Or at sixteen, that's seven for me. Elijah Vera Tucker did not go to the Raiders. Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips. I flip flop between the two. You know, count for we'll count it for myself. Just for morale boosting points here. Then then you have Jamin Davis to the Washington football team at nineteen. Then Najee Harris to the Steelers at twenty four then what Rashad Bateman and Jason Owe to the Bear to the Ravens is that it that's it 13 out of 32 you know what I'll take that and that's really only 11 out of 32 because I'm give, I'm being nice to myself saying I got Bay pay and Jalen Phillips missed around but I'm counting it for myself now if we looked at like if we're not if you don't take this player then who would you take I would have gotten the, the 49ers pick right I would have got I mean I would have gotten the Patriots one right cuz I said Mac Jones if San Francisco takes Lance that's what I had there for the Patriots so I would have gotten that one I did not get the Giants when I was looking into my reasoning for the Giants when I said Quitty Pay I said Quitty Pay for the Eagles as well Lions said Quitty Pay cuz I thought they would trade back Vikings have said Vera Tucker Oh, so close Panthers JC Horn I would add that one as well if I kept them stay I said If not, then JC Horn. Reports said they love Horn, but if they can get Gilmore with a trade in New England, I think they'd be fine moving back. So that trade obviously didn't happen. And I think if Lance was available and the 49ers took Mac Jones, then we would have seen that trade happen. But since not, it did happen. I was really, I was contemplating, I didn't know if they would take Justin Fields or not. That thought didn't run through my mind. I'm glad it didn't because I was kind of nervous. I was kind of nervous the Eagles were going to take him, too. I was like, man, I want to see these quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks succeed. I want to see Hurts and Darnold do well with their new teams. I don't want to see Fields there. I want him to go to a team where there's older guys that he can learn from and then eventually play and start without any younger quarterbacks around, and that's what happened with the Bears. Uh, 17 Raiders, didn't have that. in Barmore, Jamin Davis. Dolphins, I had Jalen Phillips. Watched football team. I had Cora Moore I mean, I had Jamie Davis. I don't know why I'm saying that. Bears, if not, then trade up for a quarterback. So I'll count that for myself. Jed, then pay for the Colts. For the Titans, I said Caleb Farley. For the Jets, I said Travis Etienne. For the Steelers, I said... Didn't matter. Doesn't matter what I said for the Steelers. For the Jags, I said Kadarius Tony. Browns, doesn't matter. I didn't have that. And Ravens, I just had the two flipped. I said Sean Bateman or oh okay uh Packers I had Landon Dickerson as the other one Bills I had Joe Tryon I thought that was a guy they really liked which uh, we went two picks later and then the Bucks I had taken Aziz Ojolari I had the Cowboys trading up in the first round to take Trevon Morig which still could happen just not in the first round depends on who the Jaguars take We could take Barmore Elijah Moore Jeremiah Uso-Kormoa, Morig they could take anybody. They could take one of those four players with their first pick, which is a beautiful thing for the Jaguars to have in this draft. Out of like who won the first round just right now, the Jaguars got two great players. It, I mean, I know the it's upsetting for people to say Travis Etienne because James Robinson's so good, but I think that's strengthening a strength in some ways, which is what teams need to do. Instead of just strengthening weakest weaknesses, you strengthen strengths, which makes you even stronger. Uh, I love the Zach Jets. Zach Wilson and Elijah Bear Tucker is awesome. The Bears getting a quarterback that the fans actually like and gives fans hope, something that they haven't had in years. The Patriots standing pat and taking Mac Jones was a really smart move by them. Jamar Chase and the Bengals is a great fit. Trey Lance going to the 49ers is awesome. You're talking about fit and potential. I love that move. Chargers getting Rashawn Slater is beautiful. Panay Sewell going to the Lions Is I like that move a lot. J.C. Horn to the Panthers is really good as well. There's just a lot of great moves. This was a first round that is really good. I enjoyed a lot of this first round. This was one, I remember sitting there until about 17, or not, yeah, 17, and Tyler and I were like, no fans can be mad here. You're going to be like, oh, man, I wanted this player, but ultimately you're like, I can see where they're linking. Like Broncos fans. I get not wanting Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback room. It makes 100% sense not to want that. doesn't really breathe hope. But if they believe in Drew Locke and they have the weapons and security to help him, then they'll do it. Then he could become something. But if not, you're stuck. Because you could have drafted one this year. You passed on Justin Fields. But Sertan's a great player. So it's not like you passed him up for a scrub. You got Patch Sertan second out of it. You're fine. The Raiders, I mean, they were going to overdraft somebody. I just didn't. I, I thought Vera Tucker would be available. I didn't think they'd draft Alex Leatherwood. I'm going to be 100% honest here. Alabama ties Makes sense. They love big colleges, but didn't think it'd happen. And to be honest, I don't know a lot about Peyton Turner for the Saints. I, I just hold my hands up on that one. Don't know a ton about him. That's my bad. So, yeah, that's my first round of the NFL done. I'm, I've got to go to bed. It's 1230 right now. I'm getting tired. My throat hurts. I got to get up in the morning to go to work. And then I got to drive to Cedar Falls. So I've got some busy things going on tomorrow. I'm ready to be done. I just needed to record a show. Recap the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. All in all, great fun. Love the NFL Draft. My favorite thing of the year. I'm addicted. I turned in a 33-page mock draft. That's how long my mock draft ended up being. 33 pages. Because I did it on my website, and I did it on 16 The Fan as well. 33 pages. Now I don't need to worry about that anymore because we're done. Now i got to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my show. <laughs> Talk about the draft on Monday, obviously. But, yeah, this was fun. Enjoyed it. Now I'm sad that it's over. Now i got to wait a whole another year for the draft to come back. But I'm excited. we got some good players coming back. The quarterback class should be fun to see. We've got Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Keaton Slovis, Spencer Rattler they got some good quarterbacks in next year's draft class. So I'm excited. Thibodeau for the Oregon is going to be a beast as well. He's one of the players that he's wanting to win the Heisman, moved a linebacker so he could move the Heisman. Stingley, I believe, from LSU. I'm completely blanking on his name. I, I was staring off in the distance. I'm so tired. I'm just like staring off and forgetting people's names at this point. Derek Stingley from LSU, the corner. I'm completely blank. I'm sorry. My brain's fried. I'm going to go to bed. I'm trying to think of other good players that are coming out next year, but I just can't think of any up at the top of my head right now. I'm dying here. So I'm going to end the show here. Hope you enjoyed the mo- hope you enjoyed the NFL draft and the mock draft. So yeah, hope your team got a player you wanted. If not, I'm sorry. Hopefully they'll paint out for you in the future. If not, I'm also sorry. Because we know, sadly, not all these players will turn out to be amazing players. It's just the reality of football and reality of life in general. Hopefully your team did not draft one of those that you regret later. but. This is a fun draft, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for all of these players. Excited to see what these guys got. So with that, I'll end it here. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you all on Monday. Peace.